comments. You guys want to clap and say hello to our online viewers? Yay! Good to have you guys. So as we get started here and wait for people to jump on, I just want to talk about our Christmas programs that are coming to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum very soon, just so a couple fun. weeks out from that. So Christmas time at the Ark Encounter, starting November 27th through December 30th, select dates. You can go to our website to find all the dates for that. But that's a free event. You just pay for parking, and we light up the Ark in beautiful rainbow, and there's lights everywhere throughout the whole grounds. Really pretty. Um, and then Southern Salvation, our resident artist group yep. down at the Ark, does a traditional Christmas carol inside the Answer Center. Um, and we got lots of space in there for people to sit and, and, and socially distance from one another. Um, that's going to be really, really fun. Um, I always try to go, but I'm always pregnant. So <laughs> I cannot but really make this, it. This year, you should be uh, able might. to go. Yeah, just yeah with a the baby's baby. going to be, yeah, two weeks. Old, yeah, freezing. Not too much longer, and yeah, Gabby will have her uh, her little baby. Just a few weeks away, right? Yeah, four weeks, and then well, Lord if it does, yeah, it doesn't yes. come before that, but <laughs> very yeah, exciting. Um, so you can go to our website, arkencounter.com slash Christmas, to learn more about that. Our other Christmas event is Christmas Town, right here at the Creation Museum. We have an absolutely spectacular Garden of Lights. Uh, our grounds crew does a tremendous job with that. I it's, really do. It's one of the, I think, the best in the area. It's phenomenal. Um, and uh, we also have the live nativity. Uh, my husband and I are actually signed up to play Mary and Joseph again this year. Oh, so look at that. Good we did on last you. year, and I was. Uh, seven months pregnant last year. <laughs> so I was like trying to hide that. So this year we're good. <laughs> we are we very some confused responses here. from our nativity last year. Now I know why. Yeah, part we, of we, we are very procreation. So. When I have a baby two months later, she's pregnant. When she has a baby two months later, yes. So we keep doing this. Um, so that, that's going to be a really fun event. Uh, we encourage people to go to our website to find all the dates for that. Again, Christmas Town here at the Creation Museum, another free event. You just pay for parking. So really fun thing to do with your family. We come Very every single year. Yep, Our kids so absolutely we. love it. And um, we'll have the Gleiss, the synthetic ice rink Gleiss here rink. at the Creation Museum yeah. this year. And so you can skate in a winter wonderland. So this um, way when you fall when you're really ice skating, fun. at least it's not as cold. Yep. Right, but you still fall <laughs> if you're me. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, be sure to check that out on our website. All right, so as people are getting on here, we'll start with our first item, which is our, like, fun, fluff, good news piece. I thought this one was really cool. This comes from Not the Bee. Um, boy, oh boy, Michigan, fan, <laughs> Michigan mom finally gives birth to a baby girl after having 14 boys. That's so, my mom wow. wanting me to keep trying <laughs> for a girl. I think you should, yes. So that's a lot of boys to have in a I row. Mean, and then finally, finally, they got to have a baby girl. <laughs> talk about one protected little sister, right? Nobody's going to mess She'll with that little girl. She'll have an army around her her entire <laughs> Not at life. All. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was pretty fun. I come from a family of 15 kids. There's 15 yeah. of us. Not... 14 boys and one girl. It's we're pretty even, <laughs> eight boys, seven girls. Um, so I always like it when I see big families in the news. Um, we don't normally see families quite like 15 as yeah. we've been told, quite a few kids. Uh, so it's nice to see another family with 15 kids, but pretty unusual to have 14 boys and finally. I'm going to tell you, that is girl. determination. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we're going to get this done. We're going to have a girl no matter what. Yeah, I got a friend of mine. He's got five girls. I keep joking with him to try for a boy, and he just says no. <laughs> five, five was the limit there. <laughs> no, so, yeah, no, I thought that one was pretty fun. All right, next one comes from The Scientist. Scientists discover new human salivary glands. So just when you think we know everything, you know, right. at least as far as new tissues and organs in the human body, no, actually, we don't know um, all there is to know about that. So they've, um, these... Radi a radiation oncologist working in the Netherlands um, 
Basically, so what they do is when you have when you've had radiation for certain kinds of cancer, it can cause damage to um, your head, neck, brain, to the salivary glands in particular, which can lead to all, all kinds of different issues or with eating and digestion and things like that. So they were looking at these specific patients, um, and they use this this technique called really catchy name PSMA PET slash CT, which is <laughs> basically a form of um, it's a positron emission tomography with computed to, uh, computed tomography, which I obviously, of course, know what that is. Are you sure right that's actually the on the paper? I'm not sure that's actually <laughs> So it uses English. a radioactive yeah. tracer, basically, so that binds to the, the cells in the salivary glands. Um, and when they did that, they, there was a certain region that had more salivary glands than they were expecting. It was just, it lit right up, and they were like, what? There's only supposed to be some minor glands there. So they started doing some more research into this and realized they'd actually missed these salivary glands um, that are located uh, in the upper section of the throat. Which is pretty amazing. And to put all that really in short, it's just a new way of looking at it. It's a mm -hmm. more detailed look at the salivary glands, and they found more. They had this new way to look at them. And also, these glands are placed in a place that's hard to find them through surgical procedures, so they hadn't they seen them before. Them. There yeah. they are. And like you said before, it's amazing to see again and again how much we don't know. Like, we think we know so much, but we see in this particular program all the time, scientists are saying all the time, well, we discovered this and we never knew it had this. And we thought mm -hmm. we knew this really well, whether it's humans or animals or the cell or astronomy. And really, it, that shouldn't be a surprise within a biblical worldview. Our mm -hmm. infinite God, who has an mm -hmm. infinite mind and infinite wisdom, has displayed that throughout creation. We cannot plumb the depths of that, no matter how, how hard we try. Absolutely. And sometimes we don't see things because we're not looking for them. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. the problem. And that perspective can be applied to anything. That sometimes like, we don't we don't understand this about God. It's just because we're using the the wrong way of looking at. You yeah. know, the way that they were looking for other things, mm -hmm. they could not find it. But when they changed the way that they were trying to to mm -hmm. work on, um, they found it. And it's also interesting as we find all these new things all the time. They have a purpose, <clears throat> right? They have a reason for being there. They do something, yeah. do a function we typically did not know. No, they're not vestigial. They're not leftover from evolutionary history. Right, no, yeah. they're made by God with a purpose, put there for a reason. We just haven't seen them yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to do more research into this to see if targeting um, the, the radiation and stuff away from that those particular glands will help with some of those problems that people often have after having chemotherapy. So um, one one uh, product we have in our online store that we wanted to mention about this is Dr. Oh, yeah. David Menton's Body of Evidence. Dr. Menton is uh, an he taught anatomy for uh, almost, what, 30 years? So. Um, and He's great. He's absolutely he fantastic. And he really just dives into how incredibly complicated the human body is and how much it brings glory to the one who designed it. So um, I encourage you to check that out on our online store. He's smart and um, it's good. And he's got a good sense of humor too. Mm -hmm. It's subtle, so listen carefully, but it's there. You'll enjoy it for sure. Mm -hmm. All right. The next one comes from Science Daily. Just like us, Neanderthal children grew and were weaned similar to us. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> because they were us. Yeah. They were humans. humans. Yeah. Just like us. So we, we've talked multiple times on this show about different findings related to Neanderthals, Homo erectus, that really just confirm what we'd expect starting with God's word, that these were humans made in the image of God, descendants of Adam, just like we are. So this latest study looked yeah. at um, some teeth from three different Neanderthal children um, and took a look at those using some different um, research techniques to try and figure out okay, when were these particular children, when did they start to eat solid food? And was it similar to when 
we start to eat solid food. Sure. You know, usually five to six months of age, you start to give your baby some, you know, different solid foods and things yeah. like that. And uh, they found that based on the, the growth lines in the teeth and, and some other um, analysis that at about five to six months, they, Neanderthals started to give their children solid food, solid food, which confirms that they are just like us. Their children grew at the same rate. Well, my kids started eating solid food around, I think, five or six months, mm -hmm. and they haven't stopped eating us out of house and home since. Right? They just, they just <laughs> okay, keep true. going, and I bet they were like that, too. Yeah, yeah but, and here you can see the worldview, and that's something that we have to be yes. attentive always to see, the worldview. Now, he's just saying, like, in particular, compared to the other primates, so what they're using is their worldview, the way that they interpret things. They're comparing this information with the primates. Why? It's not because they have the evidence that Neanderthal, they're primates, but it's just because of the worldview, mm -hmm. the way that they, they see things. They classify them accordingly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. They're using, mm -hmm. um, they're applying their worldview to the evidence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you see that in the dating as well, um, mm -hmm. saying they lived 70,000 to 45,000 years ago. But um, Avery, you did not overstate it a second ago. If you are not, if you're new to this show, we see this sort of thing literally yeah. all the time. I think yeah. it was just last week we're talking about uh, Homo erectus, which was, mm -hmm. was just a fully human. They made complex tools in evolutionary thinking like roughly 800,000 years ago or something like that. Mm -hmm. Well, they made complex tools because they were human just like us. And they lived not that long ago, probably post-flood sediments and remnants, but mm -hmm. makes sense in the biblical worldview. But for the evolutionists, finding these sorts of things is astonishing mm -hmm. that they've, they had these similar characteristics even that long ago. But biblical worldview, not a surprise. Mm -hmm. They went on to talk about how this study also suggests that these particular Neanderthals living in Italy were less mobile than they thought. So they didn't keep foraging around. They actually lived for the most part, in the same spot. Um, and so they say that they yeah. had a very modern mental template and likely thoughtful use of local resources. Like we do today. So they were smart. They were able to use the things around them and adapt them to be able to survive instead of needing to constantly be on the move to go and find new things. So just like modern people do. So here's my question. If they're so surprised that their previous guesses are wrong, should we be trusting their current guesses? Hmm. Right? Kind of yeah. throwing it out we there. We should know, always yeah. be taking everything and comparing against God's word because God's word never changes. It's That's the same. Right. Um, and the evolutionary story, though, is really, really wrong often, especially when it comes to Neanderthals. We see, we've seen that, that they had this idea of them as just these brutish, you know, are closer to the apes. And now the story that's emerging from the actual evidence is, no, they wore makeup. They wore jewelry. They made bone instruments. instruments. They made yeah. complex tools. They... They we talked um, on one episode about how they dove for um, freshwater or for um, clams and, and things like that. They buried so, their dead. Yep, all yep. kinds of things that modern humans do because they were human just and like open us. And the, the putting the things together, they, they, have, they have found out, they said that to suggest that Neanderthal newborns were of similar weight to modern human neonates, pointing to a likely similar gestational history and early life ontogeny and potentially short in turn birth. Um, so everything is about human and this just, few, like yeah, yeah. just like, just like us. modern humans mm -hmm. and they're just still thinking that it's a primate thing. So you're giving right, birth, tying in with that you're giving birth like a Neanderthal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is not offensive. It's just the not same. Not Variety in humans. By the way, uh, Sandy asked here on Facebook, do you post on an alternative social media platform? I don't think we do. Now, right now, we got Facebook, we got YouTube, and maybe Twitter? 
Blanchers.tv, actually. Yeah, that's where we, we live stream to. As far as like yeah. posting articles and things, we're on um, Facebook, Twitter, and then also Faith Social is when we've recently joined. And we're Faith kind of Social. testing that out to see how that goes. But actually, um, so and, people can look for us there. Too. And also Answers.tv. Yep. We put, our, our, we put our Answers News there. on there, conferences as mm -hmm. well, so check that out as well. And by the way, if you're following on Facebook, if you're watching online, I'm keeping up with Ken Hamp's Facebook page. Make a comment. I'll try to follow it there. I think Dr. Haynes has YouTube, and you're reading the article, so we'll leave yep. you alone. Someone, <laughs> is saying like, someone saying here, hello, next generation team. <laughs> we <laughs> haven't been right. together for a while. Yeah, it's been a little right. bit. Yeah. We have. Yeah. You've had two kids in the process. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, this next one, um, amazing. Single man adopts five siblings. They wouldn't be separated, gives them all a forever home. So a nice good news item. We don't often have a lot of yeah. those. So when I saw this one, I was like, got to add this one. So this is a gentleman by the name of Robert Carter, who's a single man from Hamilton County, Ohio. So not, not very far. far from here at all. He grew up in the foster care system and has a heart for those who are also in the foster care system. And he's been fostering these three little boys since December of 2019. Mm -hmm. Then he found out they had two sisters and they hadn't seen them in a long time. So he arranged for them to meet up with their sisters. And when they all met up, he says they just, they couldn't stop crying. They didn't want to leave each other. They were so happy to see each other. So he decided to adopt all five of them and give them a home. And that just like warmed my heart so much. What a cool story. <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was the same thing like, well, I'm pregnant, so I'm crying for everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's just so beautiful to see, yes. you know, like the heart of, of this person. of mm -hmm. wanting. And in this society where kids are a burden, are mm -hmm. something yeah. disposable, something that you can just murder. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and it's just so beautiful to see someone understanding how amazing mm -hmm. kids are. So, um, so different from the culture at large, which is. we've just over the last yeah. months and we've seen all like so much argument over abortion, particularly with the election. Um, oh, sure. There's so much of that. And, and women should be allowed to, to have an abortion up until the time the child is born. And if a child Colorado survives an abortion, we shouldn't have to provide yeah. care for that child. And then you such a different view from, from this, where you see this particular gentleman adopting five children into his home, recognizing the value that their lives have. Um, and he, really and he, cool to see. And he had to get a bigger place. Yeah, he, he had did. to move. Yeah. Yeah. Get a bigger the house court requirements, which is no, like five kids. He's not putting only his heart, <laughs> but a lot of his his time and money. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. You know, and 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 that's a challenge for all of us. That sometimes uh, we have a heart for, but sometimes we don't want to mm -hmm. do the effort yeah. of mm -hmm. that's necessary. So it just it's just mm -hmm. amazing to see that he's definitely mm -hmm. putting his money where his mouth is. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. He is living his convictions, no doubt. I don't know yep. if he's a Christian or not. It doesn't say if he's a Christian no. or not in the article. But only the Christian worldview can consistently make sense of doing something like right. this. Mm -hmm. Realizing that every one of those kids is made in the image of God and has inherent value and worth and needs a good home to grow up in. He's willing to dedicate himself to that. That's consistent within the Christian worldview. And so awesome to see that. It really is just kind of a breath of fresh air in the middle of kind of a lot of the chaos we're dealing yeah. with in the other articles. Yeah. yeah. All right. This next one comes from Science Daily. New study finds earliest evidence for mammal social behavior. So this is looking at a new study of a particular group of fossils found in Montana, in the um, Egg Mountain uh, formation in, in uh, Montana, which is considered to be a dinosaur nesting site. These were not dinosaurs. These were multi 
too, I practiced so many times. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference. I didn't even try. Ancient rodent no, is I, what I, it is. I, right? I, I didn't try because I was like, this is this is in English. I don't know if you all know, but I'm from Brazil. I'm like, I'm not even going to try to say this word. <laughs> You're the paleontologist, though. We defer to you on all things. <laughs> no, 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 not, not with these <laughs> words. No. Something. I practiced it a whole bunch of times. And of yeah. course, as soon as I get on there, no, my tongue gets tied. But An anyway. ancient rodent creature. <laughs> a particular group of, of mammals that are small like rodents, but they had um, very <clears throat> bumpy back teeth. And so they're considered to be a distinct group from um, rodents, and, and they've since gone extinct. And so they're looking at this particular group, and they think that this group, based on the fossils, engaged in multi-generational group nesting and burrowing behavior, which suggests a, you know, social interaction, social grouping, which is surprising because they didn't think that that had evolved at the time that these creatures um, lived based on where they're found in the fossil record. And they found the them buried view. together, right? 22 individuals. And it's a very, they're very well-preserved fossils, which mm -hmm. screens a rapid, fairly yeah. recent deposition. They're formed quickly, not over long mm -hmm. periods of time. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're, they're inferring a lot. Now, they may be guessing correctly, but there are a lot of, there's a lot of hype, a lot of guessing mm -hmm. behind what they're doing based on their worldview. But they're assuming they have these social patterns. And it's a surprise to them because they're realizing they have these social patterns, they're doing society, they're living together, they're nesting together, and that's a very mammalian thing to do, but that's today, and they think these fossils are from 75 million years ago. So we've mm -hmm. had the, these socializing practices for over 70 million years in the mammalian tree, and they find that absolutely astonishing. Mm -hmm. Not the biblical worldview. They didn't view. think it evolved till after the dinosaurs went extinct, in right. their view. Mm -hmm. But in the biblical worldview, you know God made these creatures. They're mammals. They have some of the similar characteristics to animals that we see mm -hmm. today. Not a big surprise. But it is shocking to the evolutionists. Mm -hmm. So it says in this article here that these skulls and skeletons were preserved in the exact place where the animals lived. What did you think of that, Gabby? Yeah, oh, because yeah. of the flood, um, we understand that the fossils that we find, it's a result of where they were buried. Mm -hmm. So it's not probably, yes, what they lived or, but it was there. We find them where they were buried. Mm -hmm. And here, it's an assumption that they lived there. That's an assumption that the authors are making. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. So when they're using here, the, they're applying the worldview. It's just like they were living there and something happened and they all died together. But the, the thing is, um, different worldview, different results. Mm -hmm. So right. we have a different worldview from them. And what we can understand, it's like, it's, it says here in the paper that it was very well preserved, which means that something very, very rapidly uh, covered them, um, mm -hmm. buried them um, together. And, you know, like mammals, they are very fast on reacting to things. Mm -hmm. sure. So yeah. it, had to, it had to be something very, um, very fast. Quick, so, yeah. Pointing to the, the global flood of, uh -huh. of Noah's day, not slow, yeah. gradual processes. But again, it's another example if you get to kind of towards the end of the article. We often encourage people, as you read these sort of articles, just separate the fact from the fiction, right? Mm -hmm. What's the actual uh -huh. facts, you know, fossils in the ground, a particular layer. The fiction is the evolutionary worldview they use to interpret the present day observations. So separate the fact from the fiction. But within their worldview, we see this all the time. They find a new fossil that doesn't fit their paradigm. And what do they say? Direct quote, these fossils are game changers, right? And we mm -hmm. just see this all the time. All of our preconceptions by this particular fossil are thrown out the window. We've got to reinterpret this whole fault on this particular fossil. You see it all the time. And I would suggest they're so inconsistent in their findings because their worldview is mm -hmm. the wrong one. They're starting with man's mm -hmm. ideas about the past instead of trusting God's clear revealed word about history. Yeah, someone here on YouTube, um, Toby, he said a lot of evolutionary theory is just fiction. And yeah. uh, that movie, 
God versus evolution by Ray Comfort. Mm -hmm. Living Waters, Ray Comfort. Yeah, yeah. 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 and yeah. then um, the, paleo the paleontologist says the problem with people that don't believe in evolution is because they don't have imagination. 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 Yeah, so, it's a great quote. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see that, yeah, it's a lot of fiction, it's a lot of mm -hmm. imagination, it's a lot of assumptions um, not, that are not very confirmed um, by the evidence. Mm -hmm. yep. All right, this next one comes from the National Review. It is a pretty shocking headline. It is. Scottish bill would criminalize hate speech in private homes. So this is a, they're calling it a controversial bill that is you making think. its way through Scotland's <laughs> parliament yeah. and it would criminalize hate speech even if the offending words were uttered in someone's private home. So this particular bill is, is set up to establish a new crime and that would be stirring up hatred. So stirring up hatred would be considered a crime if this bill were to go through. Um, and it would criminalize hate speech related to age, disability, religion, sexual orientation, transgender identity, and variations in sex characteristics, including potentially people saying things within their own home, around their own dinner table, in their living room. When I, when I, I read that, I was like, guess the problem that's gonna bring with siblings. <laughs> they're just gonna yeah. be throwing things and talking to the each, each other you know and it's like oh that's hate speech a little bit of hate speech back and yeah. forth yeah and we mentioned this before we went on air talking about this particular article who defines what is hate speech right. who defines yeah. stirring up hatred mm -hmm. like how do you actually unveil someone's motives definitively mm -hmm. especially in the court of when law when there was all this up uproar about this, the person who, who wrote the bill was like, okay, well, maybe they'll only be prosecuted if they had the intention to stir up hatred. Right. Okay, well, who decides what someone's intention yes. was? Who decides what it's their motive subjective. was? Very subjective. And that's the problem, because when yeah. it's subjective, other people can be um, judging and putting you get in trouble just because of right, what you yeah. say. You yeah. know? It depends on the worldview of the right. person who's who's interpreting what you say. Like if if you have a family that's discussing teaching their children, you know, God designed marriage between a man and a woman, and God has designed us male and female. Right. Do, does that count as stirring up hatred? Who defines what that is? Because so the, much, yeah. and we see this all the time as a ministry, so much in our culture today, if you don't agree with or even mm -hmm. celebrate yeah. the secular ideology, whether it's about gender or sexuality, you're considered a hateful, intolerant mm -hmm. bigot. Ironically, they're being hateful, intolerant, and bigoted towards you. But right. that's the way yes. you're perceived. They would classify that almost, if not as hate speech. And it's interesting. I looked up another article about the same bill. And they did define stirring up hatred. Here's how they defined it. Behaving in a threatening or abusive manner, communicating threatening or abusive material to another person. And if you tell someone, you know what? Homosexuality is a sin. God calls it that. And he has called you to repentance. And there is life in Christ alone. Mm -hmm. Repent and put your faith in him and you'll find your value and your right sexuality in him. To the avid, passionate non-believer, what I just said, Oh is threatening, yeah. is it not? Mm -hmm. Or even what about this? What about just telling someone, you know what? According to God, you, like me, we're all born sinners and we deserve hell. Right. That's threatening it's, too. Yeah, That's exactly. threatening to anybody mm -hmm. who's not mm -hmm. saved in Christ. And so if you're defining it that way and more and more the, the ideologies of these Western govern, governments lean towards that leftist ideology, mm -hmm. then a biblical worldview, biblical language is seen as 
hate speech. Mm -hmm. And that's not surprising. I mean, right. Jesus says that's in right. John chapter 15, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. Um, it's not surprising. You have people who have not repented and put their faith and trust in Christ are, are, in, are slaves to their sinfulness, right? They're right. slaves to that sinful nature. And so they want to do what their sinful nature wants to do. And so obviously they're going to hate the light and hate anyone who's trying to expose that as sinful. Yeah. Uh, that's just our natural inclination as sinners is to hate the truth and love our own sin, love yes. the darkness, right? So that's not surprising, but it is a wake-up call. And I, I was talking about was this thinking. with my husband um, over the weekend. We were talking about just what's going on in the world right now. And, and we were thinking about how when you, looked at, when you looked at scripture like Daniel, for example, he'd resolved in his heart to obey the Lord whatever, no matter what happened, right? And yep. I think when we see items like this, it should be a reminder to us as Christians, we need to resolve in our hearts because this isn't just going to stay in Scotland, right? Mm -hmm. This is going to spread. This is coming it's to already here. the United States. We already, we've seen it in my country of Canada. We've seen similar stuff like this. In happen. Brazil. Yep. And so we as believers need to have resolved in our hearts what we are going to do when that comes here, when that impacts us personally. Will we stand for truth? Will we continue to preach the gospel and obey the word of God regardless of what the culture right. says? Or are we going to be silent and not say anything? We, and, and we have to resolve in our hearts before that happens right. so that when it happens, we know what we're going to do. We've already made up our mind by the, the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to stand. And so I encourage people to, to think that through, talk that through with your family um, of, of resolving in your hearts to do and, what God says And you're only going to be regardless. able to do that if you walk with God every yep. day. His word, you serve if your you're church if you to are him. together mm -hmm. growing with God, with your family. And that's a call here for moms and dads, Absolutely. you know, mm -hmm. like for your family, just grow your kids in God in the church so you can mm -hmm. be strong to do situations like that. Because the Bible says that we are going to take our cross. Where do you think that we're going with our cross? We all going to die. Yeah. We're going to go to, uh, to a place that we're going to suffer. And that's the thing. And then before mm -hmm. uh, I would just be like, well, this person hates me because I'm Christian and because I'm creationist. And that would just bother me. But today it just makes me happy. I was like, <laughs> if someone hates me, like, yay, which means that I'm <laughs> doing something that it's honoring God, right. you know. So that has to be, and Avery did just like a great job saying that. that. Yep. We have, have to, 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 to resolve, do that, yeah. to resolve yeah. in our heart, mm -hmm. to walk with God, to honor him, to serve him no matter what. Absolutely. Here, it's not our home. Amen. We don't belong to here. Mm -hmm. We don't have anything here. Everything is for God, God alone. And we are here just because he has a plan. The day that he called us, bye-bye. We're going to go home. <laughs> Back Absolutely. home. I feel like I need an organ to play some organ notes while you're hitting Nike's really hard. Just kind of yeah. just throw that down. I feel like they kind yeah. of fit the movie. That's a good job. Yes. New problem answers new. for yes. <laughs> We should have Brian buttons for that. Pay. That'd be great. Yes. <laughs> to play. Okay. The next item comes from Live Science. Sue the T-Rex had a terribly painful infection when she died. Poor Sue. So Sue is the most complete Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton ever found. So the, obviously there's been a lot of study done on her, um, but there's been more study done and they found that she suffered from a big old toothache. Everyone knows how horrible that is. I can't imagine what a cranky T-Rex she was. You would not want to meet her. Um, and then, you know, obviously she didn't have a dentist to go to, but she had apparently three tiny weird looking teeth. So they think what happened, and based on some other studies, that she had a parasite that got into her jaw and caused an infection. And that infection caused her those particular teeth to malform. Because T-Rexes grow teeth, grew teeth throughout their entire lives. They'd lose them, grow new ones. Like sharks. Um, yeah, like sharks. Uh, and so they think that 
these teeth, as they were growing in, because of that infection, grew all misshapen and probably caused her a great deal of pain. And by the way, again, it's, it's a, some of the article is really good. You separate the fact from the fiction. Right, the fact yeah. is we look at the actual fossils. We see mm -hmm. some of the misshapen teeth and we see some of the, what, what appear to be signs of, you know, this infection. And so that's good science, what's actually happening mm -hmm. here. Now, the age of the fossil, when this occurred, and the fact that they declare that modern birds are descendants of theropod dinosaurs. Always have to throw that in. That's all fiction. It's always, it's yeah. like in every article in so every much article. of a form. It's fiction based on the worldview, but the facts of the infection, that's there. And I mm -hmm. think you hit it dead on the head. Toothaches, they're terrible no matter when they yeah. happen in history, right? It just doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> and that's another reason that we do not believe that God used evolution. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Because how could God use evolution? And we can see so many fossils with pain, with yep. cancer, Tumors, with suffering. Arthritis. And then at the end, God is the one that says like, and everything, it's good. Yeah, yeah. God's not going to look at a creation that has parasites and infection and yeah. horrible pain, pain and say, behold, yeah. this is very good. That's not yeah. consistent kind of, with the character of well, God. And yeah. here's what it is, too. A lot of people don't quite understand what we're saying here. You see, the supposed evidence for the millions of years mm -hmm. are the rock layers that are supposed to lay down over, over millions of years long before man ever existed and mm -hmm. thus before sin. And in those rock layers supposedly laid down for millions of years before man, there's tons of evidence of Diseases, infections, cancer, and arthritis, pain. Suffering. pain, suffering. But that would mean that God looked down on day six before man sinned and called all those millions of years of death and suffering very good. And surely mm -hmm. he would not call it very good. And if that were the case, that actually puts death before sin. Mm -hmm. And watch this. Yeah, if there's death problem. before sin, then death would not be the payment or the consequence for sin. Mm -hmm. And if death mm -hmm. isn't the consequence or payment for sin, then Jesus' death cannot and does not pay our sin debt and you're undermining mm -hmm. the gospel indirectly, but ultimately. And so that's why mm -hmm. we get so passionate about this stuff all the time. Absolutely. Right? It's ultimately mm -hmm. about biblical authority in the gospel. Mm -hmm. So Sue's toothache is actually a reminder of the truth of God's word and how you can't add yep. those millions of years into scripture because it just simply doesn't work. It undermines what the Bible teaches about the entrance of pain and death into creation after mankind sinned. By the way, I want to throw this one note out here. Kevin here on Facebook said this about uh, what you said earlier about just be equipping our kids and ourselves to stand boldly, which I loved. He said this too, the duty is ours, the results are God's. Absolutely. And I love that. Yeah. You know, God yep. has commanded us to do, to equip, to be ready and leave the results to him. We're not mm -hmm. responsible for that, which takes a burden off our back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Be obedient, mm -hmm. do, proclaim and watch God work. Absolutely. Good job, Kevin. All right, this one comes from Discern. MailChimp will now ban users that it deems at its sole discretion have sent false, inaccurate, or misleading info. By the way, that's not like a gender male chimpanzee. It's, <laughs> it's an organization. It's, it's a company called A mass MailChimp. email service. Right. So people use MailChimp to send <laughs> out bulk emails to their, you know, the people who've signed up to be on their emails, subscribe list, stuff like that. And they, they're they a huge part of that market. Yeah, like 20 like 69% of the market share. Yeah, yeah. Huge part. And they've, Basically, when they updated their terms of service agreement, they updated it to say that MailChimp will now, at their own discretion, yep. will not allow the distribution of content that is materially false, inaccurate, or misleading in a way that could deceive or confuse others about important events, topics, or circumstances. And just like we talked about with the one from Scotland, 
Who decides? Yep. Who decides what's factual? Like, who made MailChimp the arbiter of truth that they get to decide? <laughs> same with Facebook and Twitter. Yep. What is right? What is wrong? What is misleading? What is not? They, they'll take their worldview and apply it to those things and say, okay, and under the lens of their worldview, this is wrong or this is misleading or this is inaccurate. Um, and, and that becomes a huge problem. And also bear in mind, they're not going to be neutral. Because no, neutrality no one is, neutral. is impossible. Because either mm -hmm. A, they'll embrace a biblical worldview, highly unlikely. <laughs> right? Highly unlikely. <laughs> they'll embrace that and use that as their standard, or they'll reject the biblical worldview, and they'll actually embrace some sort of other worldview that really basically says this, that man can determine truth apart from God. Mm -hmm. And these are our values based on our assessment. And so either God's word is your authority, or man's word mm -hmm. is your authority. And so they won't be neutral, and they're opposing their mm -hmm. ideology on their customers. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And, and we're seeing this a lot. I mean, most Facebook, people are familiar with the censorship going Twitter, on with Twitter, YouTube. Facebook, um, different places where they're yeah. trying to suppress certain viewpoints that they've determined are not accurate or whatever. And I, I was when I was reading this, we were, we were talking before, and I was thinking about false, inaccurate, or misleading information. I'm like, what about all these evolutionary studies we looked at today that, are, that either false, changed misleading. everything we knew before <laughs> yeah. or will change in another month or two? Does that count as false? Like, you're well, like, maybe watch all of that? I think because, they should. That'd or be like, good. you think back Back to like back in May or April and May when the COVID stuff was like changing every single day. It was like, wear masks, don't wear masks, wear masks, don't wear masks. Like who determines which of that was false and misleading? Like it's completely arbitrary. And there's Apart so, from God's word. Yep. Yeah. When you try and clamp down on the freedom of speech and stuff, you end up with just very arbitrary particular groups deciding what is true and what is not on their own authority. Do you think we have time for this last Squeeze one? Squeeze it in here? real quick. Squeeze in sure, real quick. we can be fast. Okay, this one comes from Daily Mail. Um, we have to erase men. Lesbian author who urges women to eradicate men from their lives racks up five-star reviews on Amazon. But some argue that it's a form of uh, apartheid Oh, I apartheid. practiced this one too. Apartheid, yep, <laughs> not it. phonetically pronounced. Yeah. Apartheid. So this is uh, actually a woman who's a city councilor in Paris, France, and also a lesbian activist, wrote um, a book that's translated into English as um, Lesbian Genius. Um, and in her book, she talks about how you have to eliminate women, have to eliminate men from their minds and lives. So for example, she doesn't listen to music or read books or watch films that were made by men, only ones that were made by women. But she does work in a government set up by men. Mm -hmm. She complains that, about that later that in the could, article, That could too. be a problem, right? Um, yeah. And she, yeah. I think she says, she's forgotten <laughs> that you need men to keep the population going. Yeah. The like only the, way for women oh, to be truly emancipated is to eradicate men from their lives completely. Right. Okay. How about that's how you make the human race go extinct, but And by the way, anyway. for women to be set free just like a man, it has to be found in Christ. Yeah. What she's advocating for is patently false. Freedom was found yeah, only not, yeah. in yeah. Christ. Women will not find freedom in that. They'll find freedom it, in embracing I, Jesus I, Christ as Lord. Interesting the word eliminate and uh, eradicate. <laughs> yes. We yeah. have seen that in totalitarian movements mm -hmm. where for you to grow, for you to develop, you have to destroy, to eliminate the mm -hmm. other yeah. one. And um, it's just sad to see that, for example, if she she gets in trouble and she needs to call the police. She's not going to call the police because it's police officers, um, the male. Might be male. Just like, send um, over yeah. the female to, cops. Don't send right, the male like, cops. Like, so inconsistent. She goes yeah. to the hospital to an ER and then she sees a, a male doctor. She's like, no, sure. don't, don't, I don't want to see right. you, you know? So, and the thing is, if we don't have man, how are we going to have woman? Because 
We need right. men yeah. to, to it doesn't to have, you know, yeah. it's, just, it's just the, the, the poison of, of this feminist idea of like, it's not just that, you know, men and women, like in a biblical worldview, we can say men and women are both equally created in the very image of God. We've yep. been created equal. We have distinct roles. But we have been created equal by God. And in a biblical worldview, we can give value to both men and to women. Mm -hmm. But then you have feminist ideology, which gives, all, like, just basically says women have been suppressed. Women have been abused throughout history. Yep. So we need to get rid of men. We, they, we need to get rid of the patriarchy. We need to ignore them. We need to just, in this woman's view, eradicate, act as if they don't even exist. And that's the only way we can be free is by acting like 50% of the population doesn't even exist. Yeah. And logically, it doesn't work. But it also, it just shows the, the hateful poison of this ideology that's not rooted in the truth of God's word and in mm -hmm. recognizing every person as an image bearer and recognizing we live in a creation that's broken because of sin. Yeah. People do not love other people as they should. Certainly, men have taken advantage of, of positions of power, of, of just their strength to abuse women. Certainly, that has certainly happened. And in a biblical right. worldview, we can explain that. And we know there's ultimate justice found in the cross of Jesus Christ and in God's judgment. So we have hope for now, yep. the gospel. We have hope for eternity, the gospel. Yep. So we need to be pointing people towards, towards that. And let me say this just really quickly. I think uh, we see the heartbeat behind her motives on this. In this particular quote, she says this, some men are worse than others. Let them go. They sow misfortune. We want joy. Being a lesbian is a party. They won't spoil it. She loves her sin. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, yep. not a head issue. It's a heart issue for her like anybody else. And we'd say, as you mm -hmm. just said, with any heart issue, the gospel is the answer. That's why we defend the faith to proclaim the gospel, mm -hmm. to watch them change hearts, to change our thinking about origins, gender, sexuality, whatever. But the answer is, of course, the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time that we have for today, but um, the Answers News team will be back on Wednesday for uh, another host of articles. So please join us then. Thank you so much. See you guys. Thank you so much for joining us for Answers.